you want to do uh, one on R in 10 years? Yes. Because uh, two people wrote in with almost the same question. It was like a, co- I think it was a coincidence. Um, so Peter, uh, Peter <laughs> uh, wrote, tweeted, you know, R in 10 years. So that's all. I just, and, and then uh, Powell wrote in with an email saying, uh, essentially, what, what do you, what do you think will, what will, this question is more like, what will replace the current R? Um, and they're talking about like, you know, is it going to be a faster version of R or is it going to be something like Julia or, you know, whatever, um, or maybe our studio will fork R and focus on doing something else and whatever. So what's going to happen, let's say on the 10 year time frame um, for R. Hmm. I want you to answer that. Yeah. I have, so my thoughts on this are it's not going to be like some faster version or whatever like that. Cause um, I, it, it's going to depend critically on like a, a kind of a problem being solved that um, that's totally kind of orthogonal to R, you know, mm-hmm. if you think about like, what did, you know, why did R come to be in the first place? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it was a number of reasons. One, it was open source. That was critical. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was right. free. Um, at the time, there was nothing really so sophisticated that was also free um, mm-hmm. in terms of like a programming language and very high quality graphics. And, um, and you know, there was nothing. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that is um, that was a huge thing and it filled a huge gap. Um, and then late, I think other kind of elements of what made R kind of grow and become popular are the kind of community built around like the package development mm-hmm. uh, and the extensibility of R. Um yeah, and that kind of didn't really exist in the kind of data analysis world. There was no like equivalent. I can't think of an equivalent software package. I'm gonna eat my words on this one, but um, <laughs> off the top of my head, <laughs> just mm-hmm. to hedge a little bit, I can't think of an equivalent software package that had like such a very clean like uh, mechanism for extending the system, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was kind of like maintainable and like and consistently high quality um, that for data analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think later on, I think, uh, if you think of these in, maybe in terms of epochs, you know, that was like the initial <laughs> epoch. Uh, and then later on, I think obviously the, you know, the tidyverse in our studio kind of contributed a lot to its popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. which obviously built on the package mechanism, you know, yeah. uh, of R. So I think we have to, I think that's going to go on for a while, obviously. And I think, um, there has to be a gap identified uh, for something to replace R, there has to be a gap identified that isn't filled, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, I could speculate. I don't, do you want to speculate on this? Mm, well, now I do. Okay. So <laughs> Thanks for setting it all up. <laughs> I um... <laughs> No, I actually, I mean, I think that's why I'm so enthusiastic about there being now a sustained effort with our studio. Like a, something that seems like a more sustainable effort. Of course, like, our studio is like a startup, I guess. I don't I actually don't know that anymore. What's but the anyway, timeline for startups? I don't know. I mean, they have to have an exit one way or another. And like, I well, guess that, if like a no. company just stays private. Yeah, that would that suggest mean? that yeah. all private companies are startups. Yeah. Well, it's, I guess, what even defines a startup? Because usually that means you took VC money. And I'm not sure that our studio took a lot of VC money. I don't believe they took any. I think they might have taken a small amount at one point. Okay. Um, but either way, uh, it seems like like the my I mean I feel like this has been a consistent drumbeat for me of like the 
they've now there is now a system in place that is making our situated to be sustainable in a way that it probably wasn't before. Um, although I don't know, I guess core R, I mean, but then there's not that many people who like core R is like aging <laughs> and who's going to come in, you know, yeah. and continue. Well, so there's, yeah, yeah. I think pe- there are people who can kind of continue that. Um, I think, but I, I do think, I do know that that's a real concern because like less and less people understand the core functionality. True. And I think that uh, on top of that, I think that, you know, the the role our studio plays might even make that worse because people who might have uh, learned more about, like, the type of stuff that Core R works on are now working at our studio or, you know, so whatever. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm optimistic about the future of R because it's, like, actually... There seem to be people who are happy with their jobs writing software and like evolving the language in a way that's a little more professional than most open source projects. Yeah. 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 Um, I, one of the things that uh, I wonder about though is whether ours kind of um, programming language nature, like I think fundamentally, even with all the changes that have happened in recent times, like it's fundamentally a programming kind of tool. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that will kind of be its kind of Achilles heel mm-hmm. because, um, you know, and this depends a lot on like wh- how data science changes and how um, data analysis evolves over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's a programming language, I think, can be a critical problem for uh, for some cases. And I think it's it's going to be hard to evolve that out of that, evolve out of that situation, if ever, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it's... But- like you're not saying go back to drop down menus or whatever, right? Like, well, you know, I think um, whatever the next version of that is going to be, I don't know. You know, it's like yeah, I think, well, it's like the AI statistics type stuff, like AI decision making, maybe. Well, I mean, I'm thinking things like like um, I just think that like the fact that you have to essentially program, you know, in R could become a real limitation. And I think there's like kind of like, there's like a base level of complexity there that Mm -hmm. I think you can't really get out of. Um, I, I actually disagree with you. You disagree? Yeah. Rare moment. Okay. Let me mark the time. Hold on a second. Yeah. (laughs) How how so? Well, cause I think that, I think that people, I think the paradigm of programming is becoming so seen as a core skill that it's being taught more in high school and you know grade school i don't know but like i think there's a general acknowledgement that this is a literacy that we need to teach people at a younger age and you can even make the case kind of like the design thinking that it is a form of intelligence in itself so it merits it's not just vocational um because it is a way of dealing with abstraction and like structures in certain ways. So yeah, I, I feel like that's not an Achilles heel, I guess. Well, well I think that I, I understand what you're saying and they definitely mm-hmm. like they teach coding in like third grade now. So it's, not, <laughs> yeah, it's right. not like it's everywhere now. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I see what you're saying. I, I think I don't, it's not that I think that coding is going away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder though, if coding may play a different role in data analysis. Um, because uh, it's, 
you know, it's I guess this is maybe not the perfect analogy, it's, but it's like nobody writes with a pen and paper anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but everyone still writes. Yeah. You know? And I think, um, I, so I wonder if, you know, there are, and there are a lot of tools being developed like, um, you know, like Airtable, for example, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and stuff, and there are kind of like, and other things that are like you know, some dashboard tools like Tableau and stuff like that. Um, uh, well, I know Tableau is more than that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, right, um, right. It's where like those tools start at a stage that's kind of like kind of after the data wrangling has been done in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think those tools could be. I'm not. I'm not trying to endorse either one. I'm just saying that there are tools being developed, and one of these could hit. You know, in the mm-hmm. future, sometimes I'll endorse Airtable. Okay, I love Airtable. <laughs> I, I, have, I haven't used it much, but uh, you don't have your entire wardrobe cataloged in Airtable. Like, not what yet. Are you not yet. Yeah, I've been showing people at work that, and people are like, "You're insane!" Like, and I don't disagree. Like, <laughs> but um, anyway, <laughs> I, I actually I see what you're saying, and you've talked about this before of the fact that Excel was sort of its own data management system and data analysis system and visualization system, like all in one and how in some ways we're like wanting to go back to that. Like everything got decoupled and maybe it's all coming back together again. Right. It's just bundling and unbundling. Right. Yeah. But then I can't see those tools succeeding. Well, okay. I think that R is, way more cognizant than other languages and like actively so of, or it's like a a fundamental design principle in some ways of like literate programming or having things be mappable to English and, you know, the, like, I mean, that's like the big tidyverse thing of like, Hey, this looks like a recipe, you know? Right. And, um, and you can kind of figure out what's going on in the code without knowing it um so that's like way better than python for example where i just don't think there's as consistent an effort or acknowledgement of the importance of that yeah um and then i guess what i want to say but maybe this is actually more wishful thinking is that like like looker is another company i really like like also endorse looker (laughs) and uh they they're like this kind of UI layer on top of existing databases. Um, and then a lot of these places actually, and there's another one we're working with this company Impira now that is this digital asset manager. Um, and that's been really interesting because managing images is like no fun. I, I, I did not have a full appreciation for how hard that is until I started needing to manage images. Cause yeah. I've like produced images that go out in that game style shuffle from our company and I'll like, I'll like create the image. So I take existing imagery and I like crop it and divide it in half and whatever. And so um, I have to store that stuff. I have to store the metadata needed to map it from like the original image with two outfits to the images I create with just one outfit. Um, And then sometimes I do the white, like the white space for, one application can be slightly different than the white space for another. Like you have to optimize for the end use. And so then it's like, oh God, like, like the, the ID for this gets really hard, really fast. Um, mm-hmm. And so anyway, the point is this company is also another, like uh, they come from like a database world. I can't remember which one. And then they're building like this fairly sophisticated digital asset manager. And then, 
And then all these companies, like Looker and Impera, and then I assume Airtable, although I'm not sure, have their own um, languages, like SQL-like languages like that are easier. Languages. Yeah. 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 And like in Impera's case, I really it's it takes like a second to pick up because it's just it's like SQL. It's it's relational algebra, but just with like better syntax, basically, and. <laughs> And then the reason why is because it's something that you can then parse into a URL and then the API is the URL. So you can like uh, call the like, like a, a fairly, you know, a, you can hit the API with like logic in it besides just give me all these results and then I'll parse it later. Yeah. Um, anyway, point is these languages usually eventually have an escape valve that is some sort of dialect. And then I think in Looker's case, you can even, like, that can be R or Python at some point. Okay. So the whole point of this long thing is, like, I, I can't see a world existing where those types of tools don't eventually lead to R or Python. Um, but Because they, they don't want a cliff. They don't want it to be like, oh, you use this, but then if you're too advanced, you go to a totally different thing. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but you realize that, you know, like, as you describe it, I think one thing that I could see happening is R or either R or Python getting pushed down the stack, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and that's what the tidyverse has done to like base yeah, R. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And I think yeah. I could see that happening multiple times or again, at least. Um, yeah. And I think some of these tools have the potential to kind of push R down the stack one more level. Mm -hmm. um, whereas like, oh yes, some people still use it, but most people will do this other thing. Yeah. Um, and it's I, always... Yeah. And like the tidyverse was one attempt at, doing that within our yeah it's kind of like an 80 20 rule right like 80 yeah. percent you know can just live with the tidyverse but then 20 percent need to know the whole thing right mm -hmm. uh, yeah and then you can just keep going up the stack basically i think yeah um, and it is the advantage of the like one-stop shop is that you optimize performance in a way that you just can't i i don't know what's going on the under the hood with impira but i know they're doing something under the hood to like make these queries very performant yeah um like the the founders like said these words in front of me but i just did not retain them <laughs> like of like what they do to that like makes it special but um yeah so i guess you're yeah like if if r and python and i think they both will not dabble in like this type of database manage like friendly database management yeah. And so, and it has to be very honed to the use case, like, like Impera is very specifically a digital asset manager. Right. And then Looker is very specifically a layer on top of like traditional like BI tool. I don't know. Like, yeah. you, the tables have to look a certain way for Looker to, to work well, kind of like the tidy first way, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, so yeah, maybe it'll be smaller. Yeah. I just, you know, I, making predictions like this is a little bit absurd, but I think, <laughs> but I, I think, I, I guess my only, I, the way, the reason I found the question interesting is just to think about like, what are the conditions that would have to exist for mm -hmm. like a major shift to occur? Mm -hmm. And uh, even that's a hard question, I think, but um, I just don't, yeah, I mean, I'll, it's not going to be like a faster version or something like that, or it's not going to be, I mean, I think if it's going to be something like Julia, then it has to be because like Julia fills some like a massive like kind of gap that R doesn't yeah. Yeah, have. Well, there's the whole, like, I know Wes McKinney's presented on this and maybe other people is like, 
it's like the great decoupling, which is a different decoupling than the one you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> or, no, actually, maybe not. Where it's like, I mean, the part that's most relevant to me, well, it's like decoupling the UI from the storage from the compute. Uh-huh. So like you have a uniform UI that's the language, but any sort of performance stuff is like not in the language anymore, which I is see. already what's happening. Yeah. 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 And so the so like I think the people who are writing these front end quote unquote front end programming tools like already get that, that it's just a UI choice at this point. Yeah. Um and so then yeah, so I don't think like R will be faster because I don't think I think R won't even be something that you associate with performance anymore in some ways. Right. It's not worth investing really in kind of in making R specifically faster. I mean, maybe here and there, but like mm -hmm. it's probably worth investing in like having some kind of like modular, like orthogonal component that, that could be optimized. Right. Mm -hmm. um, right. So. Yeah. Which again is like the. I'm just using the Imperial example because I'm like neck deep in it right now. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, right. It's like, yeah, there's like a UI and the UI interfaces with this like compute tool, but I would never be like, oh, they call it IQL. Like IQL is so fast. Like, you know, it's like, no, that's not like the part I even think of. It's just like they've optimized for this use case that queries in this way are fast. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, that said, though, I know Core Art is thinking a lot about performance because I was at that meeting this summer. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, and, like, it is true that the Tidyverse stuff can be, like, really slow. <laughs> yeah. I've been running into that lately, too. Yeah. Um, and then, and I usually hit a cliff where I'm like, okay, time to leave R and, like, <laughs> figure out the annoying SQL syntax for this stuff. Um, well, well, you know, there's always data table, right? <laughs> the amount of hate mail we're gonna get just like exponentiated <laughs> i i have nothing to say here i you mean know, i have access to like spark sql like at some no, point everyone goes yeah, yeah it's i don't even i don't know that would be interesting to know if uh like matt dowell hadley wickham whoever is working on these types of tools, if they think that this should be rivaling Spark SQL, which I guess they think they, like they do want the UI for Spark, right? And and our studio has that. So they have Sparklier. Yes, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's now an Apache project, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, again, it's all UI. So yeah, I would so much rather be able to take this code and just like, be like, please use Spark on the back end yeah. and have that be it. But yeah, I, it just comes down to like where you draw the boundary between tools. I think. Um, yeah. And I think uh, there's. I mean, I think this happens commonly in other areas where it's like the another tool comes along and there's a boundary between that and like what you were using before. Mm -hmm. But then that boundary over time kind of gets slowly pushed back farther and farther until you no longer need like the other tool. Mm -hmm. um, and I think. Uh, you know, R could, that could happen to R too. It's obviously mm -hmm. possible, but yeah. Um, but and also, I mean, I guess because I had to use, learn this IQL stuff recently, and it took like two minutes. I mean, it, 
I almost like surprised myself where I was like, wow, like if you're just changing basic syntax of like SQL like operations, it is very fast to learn a new one. Yeah. So I wonder if that's just going to be the norm where yeah. it's like, because there were UI reasons to write it again, because you essentially take the query itself and like parse it into a URL. So like it needed to be different than other things although maybe not i don't anyway point it i guess you could take a whole sql query and parse that to a url <laughs> i don't know so uh and relate anyway. and a related note um so do you think there's a I, you know so one thing i learned recently i had no idea uh you know i didn't realize there's like a Perl five Perl six split did you know that <laughs> no you, you probably never <laughs> used you never used Perl, right i did in college oh, i think really? that was like the first language i learned so apparently, like there was like a Perl five, Perl six, kind of like a Python two, Python three kind of situation. Yeah. Um, but Perl six eventually split off and just became like another language. Oh, what's it called now? It's called Raku. R A K U. That is very similar to Roku. It's but with an A. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying the TV. Totally, I know. It's hard to say like an audio only. <laughs> yeah, I. I had to like really think about wait, what's the name of the TV thing? Yeah, isn't it the same? Like anyway, I, I have been keeping track of the Pearl universe, so like I had. It's not surprising that I didn't know this, but I just thought it was interesting that they just decided, you know, this thing is too different. We're going to call it something else. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess the question is, do you think something like that could happen to R? I think that's the fear. Yeah. Because uh, I think that I think if you talk to people who are in support of like base R type stuff they part of the reason that they're not happy is because there were seemingly simple choices that the R studio crew or Hadley himself could have made that would have been more in line with base R. I think the biggest one is like the non-standard evaluation issue. Um, yeah. Which like essentially comes down to like, do you quote the column names? Right. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I think at a high level. Yeah, that is, that's, that's how I see it. Yeah, which a, is in some ways kind of a small UI thing. So I actually get the frustration. Well, yeah, that's, I think that's the issue. That's it's the like, argument, yeah. This was like, you know, a line in the sand. Or I don't know. It was just a choice that was more consistent with potentially breaking off one day than not. Yeah. Um, and so it, that's, again, that's kind of the fear is that. But what's like, the fear, I guess? Like. What are we afraid of, I guess? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think if our studio, if they decide to call this, like, Roku. was it Q, <laughs> right? Because it's like S and then R and then Q, because it's going backwards for whatever reason. Is it going? I, I can't think of the alphabet in that it's, direction. It's Q, R, S, T, U, V. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thanks. Someone pointed that out. They're like, why did it? Like, someone on my team was like, wait a minute. <laughs> R is before us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, if they made Q and it was different than R, I guess the fear is just that they'll take all the R people. Like, most people would move over to Q. I, yeah. I mean, the community, It's. I guess it's always a bit sad to split a community, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would not want to be split. I don't want to leave R people behind. I'm not in favor of it either. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. 